Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode one, two, three. This week on Toy Power, we hit up all the latest news, including the latest from the Las Vegas Licensing Expo 2019. Then we get into another installment of reading, playing, and watching. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we have Darren. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us. And Frank. Well, hoi hoi. And Ben is a notable absentee today, but he will be back next week, I think. So when we team up with Davey and Paulie from Dave's Video Graveyard. DVG crossover should be be a bit of fun. I I think think it's going to be tons of fun. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be, this will be another of our uh, movie reviews. We'll keep the movie itself a bit of a surprise for the ep, but uh, we're going to be doing their style of show, but in our style of show? I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, when one style of show meets another. Correct. And reviews a film that's near and dear to my heart. That's all I'm going to say about it. Near yep. and dear to my heart. It is indeed. All right, let's get straight into our first segment. Three, two, one. Cue music. So what have you got for me? She's got a new hat. June 4 and 6 was the Las Vegas Licensing Expo for 2019. And this is really the first time I've taken a big interest in this expo. It's obviously there's licensing Mm. deals going on and there's licensing expos. I think if anyone's been watching a lot of the Netflix documentaries and Toys That Made Us and sort of following the Funko documentary that's there, you can sort of see it firsthand what these licensing expos are like. And really interesting with Funko, the founder of Funko made his start there, you know, licensing things like Betty Boop and some of those really old school licenses that probably weren't going for a lot and sort of started him on his way. So this was held in Las Vegas. It's been running for more than 35 years now. And it is seen as sort of the mecca for if you want to license out or if you're a license holder and you want to find new licensees to come along, this is the place to go. There's about 5,000 brands all up in this big convention. There's, uh, I think you've got, it, it sort of says you can connect with 16,000 retailers, licensees, and manufacturers mm. from basically all across the globe mm. and a whole raft of um, product categories and a whole raft of manufacturers. I guess the reason why I was interested in it this year was because we all know Mattel has you know, teamed up with Sony and they finally got the green light for their Masters of the Universe motion picture. And they were there in a big way in this Mm. event. I had a bit of a look at the floor plan. Yep. And just by geographical space and who had the biggest booths, Mattel, I think, by far had the biggest booth, the, the biggest presence. Well, three quarters of it was that giant He-Man. Yeah, I think it was. Around <laughs> yeah. since, how long have they had that thing? 2008, like, I reckon. It's yeah. been many yeah. different characters. It's sort of been repainted and... Yeah, you really know, is. ever so slightly re-sculpted was the King Grayskull statue when the 
plastic slime first launched. Yep. And Prince Adam. Prince run. Adam. Faker. <laughs> it's been, it's been He-Man. It's been King I He-Man. I want a slime pit been... He-Man at that scale, yeah, please. pretty much. <laughs> it is big. It is impressive. Uh, so it was there. And obviously, we were having a little bit of a chat before we started recording. But really... Mattel are there to try and license this thing in a big hmm. way. Sell it, yeah. Not, not necessarily to other toy manufacturers, although there might be an element of that happening, but to all sorts of other merchandising. I mean, I'm hoping that we see stuff like we did in the 80s, where we're seeing lunchboxes and we're seeing T-shirts. We're seeing maybe even, you know, some sort of potato snack. Could, could could it go potato snack? Ba- battle snacks? Battle snacks. Yeah. Potato crisps. Yeah, crisp. yeah. Like, can, can we get to that level? I don't know, but it's I don't exciting. know. Well, aren't it there this time? Yeah. I mean, it'd be terrific <laughs> if they were. I mean, that, for those who are not in the loop who went around in the 80s or don't remember that far back, Arnott's were the manufacturer for battle snacks back in the day. So, mm. so who knows? We had Nestle chocolate, streets ice cream. Jellies, all sorts of um, I th- fun things. I'd like to think we're due for a, a video game. Assuming yeah. this this movie goes well and the licenses are you know there and stuff, I think you know in the same way there's been such a big amount of time from one master's movie to the next with the video game market sort of you know being what it is now. I'd love to see a, a master's game based on this new new movie. I think the property personally, I think the property has always been born for for video games in the same way that the turtles franchise was Mm. you've got such a diverse range of characters both villains and heroes you've got vehicles you've got play sets different scenes different scenarios but let's be honest stage to stage you could do lots of different uh, things who wants to be mechanic when you can be he-man that's probably the biggest problem (laughs) with i see with it right Oh, you want to be Stratos? No, I want to be He-Man. Like well, you might want to fly. So well, you might want yeah, to buzz well, off flying, Stratos. Flying, 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 but, <laughs> and, and who yeah. knows? Maybe you need to see a really long way away. <laughs> <laughs> but but, that, but seriously, we're all, I mean, the diversity. I mean, you've got the diversity of villains to go up yeah, against true, as well. True. It's such a wide roster. Evil Warriors, Horde, Snake Man, um, independent villains, um, Space Mutants, whatever. Mm. Whatever you know, your heart heart desires. I mean, it could go beyond the film if if the film game was successful. Mm. Agree with you. It needs to start with the film game, but but if that was go successful, you could you could tap into you know the history of the franchise. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of news out. I mean, I, I suspect this sort of event is around meeting, greeting, showing what properties might be there, and targeting and having conversations. So, not a lot of news came out of Mattel about. You know what interactions the they were having, was, or the result yeah. of any of that, and maybe a lot of that stuff isn't even at a stage where it's finalised. They're probably sowing seeds, and you know, just yeah. having conversations and getting the ball rolling. I even noticed we'll talk a little bit about some of the news to come out of it. So some deals were announced, not necessarily masters related, but other licensing deals which we'll talk about. And you can even see in those releases that some of these were just heads of agreement, essentially. So just in principle agreements that the two companies are going to meet together and, and they're going to then have to nut out all the legal details. So that that's sort of the flavour, I think, of what we're seeing. So mm-hmm. not a lot of news that we're going to report on that. But we do have a few very exciting pieces of news. For me, the first one is we're going to see the return of Micro Machines. What? Yeah, and that is... That's a big one for me. Running, it's a small one, Trent. It, well, in the sense of that I'm, <laughs> I'm running out of room. It's, a, it's perfect for it's you, e- mate. Exactly. You can collect a 100 way. figures and it barely takes up, yep. you know, bugger all space. Won't it's, even dent it. It's the line that he can 
show proudly to his wife without getting into trouble. <laughs> yep. but Wicked Cool Toys is teaming up with Hasbro to bring back micro machines, as Trent said. From 2020, we can expect to see new product on the shelves, bringing back the miniature and iconic and modular playsets that embedded itself firmly in the minds of kids in the 80s and 90s. Originally produced by Galoob, Hasbro has licensed it out to Wicked Cool Toys. Co-president Jeremy Padua believes it has the potential to become a global phenomenon. And if that name rings a bell, Jeremy Padua was the original brand manager for the 2002 Masters of the Universe toy line. There he is now, Mm. the co-president of Wicked Cool Toys. Very good to know that someone with that kind of background is at the helm of something like this. Absolutely. And hasn't his career just climbed and climbed to be, you know, where he is today after after starting out as a brand manager, I think that's fantastic to sort of see, you know, that the industry sort of, you know, have its rewards for people and yeah. also just sort of see where people go. It's great to hear. So what form do we think this is going to take? Is it, I, I get the feeling there's going to be a lot of, like, licensed cars. You know, this is a, a Superman car and this is a, a, a Batmobile. Like, I, 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 I don't know if we're in an era where kids, which is presumably what this is going to be targeted at, are going to be sold on just a tiny little red car. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like it needs to be something, whether it's it's Steve McQueen or Lightning McQueen from, you know, the, the Cars franchise and those sorts of things. I'm not... I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'd like... I mean, I'm not a massive car enthusiast, mm. um, but I did love Micro Machines, and I love the fact, you know, you just get a, a Mustang. You know, this is a, a 1960s Mustang or yep. a Pontiac or... Mercedes, you know, whatever the car was, they were done in this stylized format, really high quality, Mm. you know, compared to any other micro vehicles at the time. There were a lot of imitations. I think even the Micro Machines brand was, you know, buy Micro Machines to get the real deal. You know, don't don't get imitations. The quality was really nice, but they didn't, they did, you know, a line, or there was a line, I don't even know if it was done by, was it done by Galoob, the like, Batmobile and the Batwing? No, it was done, no. Um, I believe it was done by the same company that had the oh, license. Ertl. Was it Ertl? Ertl, yeah. yeah. The same company that had the license to the Batmobile and Joker yes. Van Batwing in, in the more Matchbox or Hot Wheels scale. Right. They just did, lo- did all different like sizes. Down, yeah, they yeah. did a shrunk down and they did a bigger version as well. So, but I remember that. I still have it actually, but I I remember that even then is thinking you know they were of a nice quality. They weren't. They, they were good. Yeah, they, they were, were fine. of a nice quality. They yeah. were probably the closest thing that that I remember from the era that wasn't micro machines yeah. in terms of of quality. And I was I was really happy with them after you know sort of not knowing what they'd be until I opened them yes. as a kid. Yeah, a couple of things that stand out for me on micro machines where they had. You know, they, they were small vehicles, right? So I, I guess you'd call it maybe an inch, maybe yeah, slightly yeah. under, very, very small. Some had really cool action features. I had ones that would have opening doors and opening oh, wow. boots. There was one uh, that had you'd push down on it on the top of it, mm. and it would have the headlights and rear tail lights oh, would work. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant little engineering in there. And and one that you'd actually look through a little hole in the top, mm. and you'd hold it up to a light, and it would have almost like a cell, your f- photograph. Oh, cell. like a, like, a, like a viewfinder, like a little viewfinder, yeah, and it would wow. show you what's inside the vehicle. <laughs> um, I had one that was a, a like a, a pound, a yeah. dog chaser, and one that was a, you know a van that actually had a surveillance team in it. So some really <laughs> really innovative features. But okay. the the big thing that I want to see return in micro machines, so the, the the cars and the vehicles and the planes and all that, I think there's a lot of potential. But the, the play sets, 
And essentially, these were play, you know, little, little, um, almost. It would fold out into a square. Mm. Pocket size, I guess, was the idea. You'd fold it up, and all the little bits could go inside it. And then you'd have a little, you know, gas station or a so car. So we're talking wash. like Mighty Max esque type. Yeah, things? but but just a, a flat ground almost because mm. they were all road based. Yeah, yeah. And, and little places you could drive your vehicles along, you know, through the car wash or mm. up the elevator, and they all had movable parts and features. But they're modular, so you could join cool. them together to make a city. So Remember them very, really, very really cool. Yeah. If right. they can go down that path, that would be phenomenal. So I think there is a lot of potential, and I think Frank, you're right. In this day and age, is it enough just to do? You know, here's a generic sort of yeah. car, or are they going to go down the licensing path? My, well, they went my... down the licensing path before, if memory serves me correctly. Um, there were. If if these weren't the real deal, they were certainly good imitations. But I can remember Batman Forever and Batman and Robin having those um, miniature places and vehicles and okay, yep. and different things in the micro machines um, space. If they weren't micro machines, they were something very very close. Yeah, I remember even Batman the Animated Series had. Something, yeah, they though. did. Yeah. They did, and they all Batman the Animated Series, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. They all go for quite a bit of money now because they because they've got the the double whammy i guess of being both batman centric and mm. micro machines centric so they they appeal to two different fan bases mm. and you see them on the secondary market particularly if they're they're mint in box going for for you know reasonable money now so i tend to think if they're picking up where it sort of left off towards the end of that run because we are talking towards the end batman forever batman and robin towards the end of the micro machines run if we're talking about their it seems natural to pick up with movie licenses, MCU, mm, um, yeah, yeah. DC, EU, Star Wars, which of course Star they Wars, did yeah, back yeah. back in the day. Uh, why not delve into the world of licenses, Transformers? You know, mm. if they could ever, you know, get the transforming um, mechanism to work on something, it might be a little harder that scale. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, why not? I mean, you know, there's yeah. plenty of plenty of popular licenses and and that. And I, I think it could appeal. Mm. You know. If pitched at the right, the right demographic. Just remember, there's the adult collector as well as the child. As well, obviously, children will drive it at the forefront. But you know, there are going to be nostalgic adults that are going to be like, "Micro machines are back." Mm. Oh, well, definitely. Speaking of something that is uh, a popular license, say hello to my kitty friend. <laughs> oh, um, done that one, well. <laughs> <laughs> one of the announcements to come out of this expo was that. Uh, uh, Mattel have announced an agreement with Sanrio. Sanrio, of course, is famous for the Hello Kitty brand. Uh, they've announced it will be doing a developing an array of toys, play sets, games, baby gear, and much, much more using the famous Kitty Cat brand. Those of you who watch the Toys That Made Us will, of course, remember the episode on that. That was probably the one that for us in the room here, we all sign of could have squinted and put our heads to the side and went, okay, sure. But as a friend of the show, uh, Ossie, will tell you, it's, uh, as they say, big in Japan, one of Huge. the most mega licensed, mega brands, I guess, sorry. Uh, and so, yeah, with Mattel partnering with them, you can expect to see a lot more in the uh, the Western markets. Mm, yeah, and... I mean, you can't really go in Adelaide and walk into a Masters of the Universe cafe, but you can go into a Hello Kitty cafe here. So exactly. it just tells you how big it is. Yeah, yeah. I wish you could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you said Darren. Darren's happy with my uh, my um, grayscale, um, you know, white with none. I guess you know, <laughs> uh, flat white. You know, in 
In my flat white grayscale? Yeah. <laughs> Is that Why what not? you're trying to say? Snake Mountain Slushy. Yeah. Yeah. Snake Mountain Slushy or um, oh. Three Towers Mega. <laughs> I, think we, I think we need to workshop this a little bit. Um, speaking of other licenses to come out of the expo, uh, Tonka. Uh, is coming back from the vault with a new licensing deal. Now, uh, talk me through this trend because I'm a little bit confused what they've actually announced here. Is this more to do with the fact that uh, it's been acquisi- the actual brand has been acquisitioned by, uh, was it Mattel, was it? Or who was it? Sorry. Yeah, Hasbro. So I, I think what's happened here is... Um, Didn't Hasbro own Tonka? Yeah, Hasbro. Yeah, Tonka owned Kenner and, Correct. and Hasbro bought Tonka and that's how they got Kenner as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, cor- correct. So Hasbro basically have in the vault, in the licensing mm. vault or the, the product vault through acquisition, the Tonka brand, you know, the Tonka truck, yep. Tonka tough. Um, and so th- this is really interesting because we were just chatting, you know, days gone by, these brands, toy companies didn't want to release these brands to other players, to competitors in the market and have some other toy company come in and produce their their IP and their mm. property, even for a licensing fee. They'd sort of balk at the idea. And mm. um, we saw, most notably, I guess, the, the move that a company like Mattel had with the treatment of Masters of the Universe and how they held on to it in the early 2000s with... The fact that the line was dead, NECA came along and said, we want to continue we the, to do the style. It, yeah. And they're like, well, no, you're not. I mean, you can have statues, but action figures, movable, posable action figures are in our realm. Keep your hands off that. We're not yep. licensing that to you. Yeah, we'll make them or no one will make them. And, and they chose to, no one will make them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this licensing expo, and this is a trend now when you talk about the deal that happened with Mattel giving over one of their biggest IPs, albeit a dormant IP from a media front, mm. but giving that to a company like Super 7 to say, look, we'll take the, the license revenue. This is a really interesting trend. I found this, this fascinating that you know Hasbro is willing to give up something like Tonka. And the logic for me now is if you think about the environment we're in, you know, toy companies have gotten really big through mm. acquisition. There's a whole heap of dormant properties. There's an imminent trade war on the horizon, yeah. which is potentially going to make manufacturing problematic for toy companies. Mm-hmm. What better way to get a, a resilient stream of income by giving out the license to something you're not going to use, taking on no risk through manufacturing, not having to employ a workforce, yep. distribution, all that sort of thing, and letting someone else take it on, put it out, and bring in a, a revenue stream. I think it's a really good idea, and I think it's really reflective of the age that we're in, and a really good move by companies to let you know micro machines and Tonka and those sorts of things out there for someone else to have a go. So, Absolutely. so what was the deal with Tonka then? Are they actually are they doing a new line of stuff, or that was just an example? Yeah, no, to- Tonka out? will be coming back, and it's through a company called Basic Fun. Um, so Basic Fun have picked up the, the Tonka brand okay. and they're very excited. So they're launching a massive, massive campaign really aimed at getting kids outdoors. That's going to be, I yeah, guess, where they, nice. you know, Tonka, you, they're so tough. In the sand. So hard to get out in the yeah, sand pit, yeah. dig away, that sort of thing. That's a lot of fun. And I think, you know, adults would love to buy a big, tough Tonka truck. They know it's good quality mm-hmm. for their kids, get them outdoors and playing. And we had... Jay Foreman, the CEO of Basic Fun, said 
today's kids are at the risk of forgetting how to play with anything but a smartphone, which I can certainly relate <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Um, which is why we're so thrilled to be taking on the iconic Tonka toy line. And this is all about going outside, going outdoors to play and encouraging kids to use their imaginations. So like, like I talked about, the interesting trend that now we're getting companies like Hasbro, like Mattel, licensing out to competitors. Mm. And, and certainly in a post-Toys R Us world where, where we talked about the uncertainty of manufacturing, the costs and all that sort of thing, this is a great play by these sorts of companies. We also had Hasbro GM of the entertainment and licensing, Casey Collins, come out and said, so this is from the other side now, Casey was saying, we are excited about bringing one of our jewels to a trusted partner like Basic Fun. For years, the company has become an important collaborator of ours, effectively managing many of our classic vault brands. Tonka is perhaps the biggest of them all, and we know the program is in great hands with Basic Fun. Okay. Um, so that's sort of where it's at. So if you think about that, yeah, it, it's interesting because he does talk about the last couple of years. Yeah. This has been a growing trend for them to to give you know them a bit of a taster, and obviously Basic Fun have done well enough. Just like Super 7 almost with Mattel, they did a few things, you know, mm. build up the credentials, yep. 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 and then they get the big crown jewel. So I think this is... Started with the reactions over at Super 7, as you said. Yeah, yeah. started with reactions. They did even Mossman cheer pets and all that sort yep. of stuff. And, <laughs> and, and you build up a rapport, you build up a relationship. The licensor knows that it's in good hands. They trust you, and, and away you go. And hopefully yeah. it's something that's win-win. And being out here as a toy collector, to me, this is win yep. because we're getting product. I'm so happy to get micro machines back. You know, the potential that someone will do Thundercats. You know, the fact yep. that there's more players out there willing to get these, like, I mean, maybe Dino Riders, Mask, maybe these things will come back from another toy company, not necessarily, you know, the Hasbros or the Mattels of this world. Yep. I agree, I agree with you. Um, the more players, the better in something like this. And who knows? If this does really well, it could pave the way for the the owner to to do something of their own down the track as well. You know, whether it be at the end of the license or whether mm. the license is renegotiated so that they can do something. But to see a smaller startup company come in and 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 um, take the chance and, and build it up again, I think is is terrific. They've got the the time and the the energy and the resources and perhaps the the passion to bring some fresh blood. To something as well, which I think can be really important. Mm, definitely. Mm. All right, we'll move away now from the Las Vegas Licensing Expo to more general news. And today we had some very beautiful images mm. hit. Oh, speaking of uh, of fresh blood, this is a uh, this is a, a, a retro series from our friends at Hasbro in the Marvel Legends line, and we've seen a few. I saw a few of these teasers rather coming out of New York Toy Fair. These are. Uh, Toy Biz inspired cards, so they've moved away from the traditional Marvel Legends packaging that we're all very used to and gone just a straight card back with very 90s sort of oranges and yellows inspired uh, and beautiful artwork to go with it. We saw a number of these figures already. There was a, a Wolverine, a very specific version of Wolverine that comes from a, a comic cover. Uh, there was uh, X, I think it's X Force Cyclops. Yeah, the blue uh, and the white. The blue and the white, yes, the Dazzler as well, uh, Silver Samurai. But the ones that were new to us was uh, Storm in her white, very 90s <laughs> outfit, looking amazing. Yep. 
and uh, an old school Iceman who was essentially looking very Toy Biz-esque where it's he just was. A, basically a guy in Speedos all in translucent plastic is the best way to sum it up. And he always came with that little ice skateboard in the slide. top, the yep. slide thing. And they've done it, but they've, yep. they've improved it because the Toy Biz one was pretty average. Yes. It was a pretty basic shape. This one's got a few angles and stuff to it, but it is that so retro. Mm. I love these. It's a beautiful, beautiful line. They're the sort of ones that you go... Uh, you, even if you were the sort of person who opens everything, you'd go, oh, oh damn, I'm, I'm tempted to leave it on the card because they look amazing. Yeah, no, they are very good. Some big news now coming out of Super 7. So this is what I'm almost calling the next phase. This is where they're almost going beyond classics now. So they're taking the 7-inch highly articulated, superposable deluxe action figure, which we know as Masters of the Universe yep. Classics, and they're doing it in other styles, as we knew when we talked to Brian Flynn, when we saw it at New York Comic Con, we knew, sorry, New York Toy Fair, we knew that they were going to be doing Toxic Crusaders, Voltron, Ren and Stimpy, and, and they already had mm. the Conan, which has mm. been up for pre-order. So Monday, this coming Monday, the 10th of June, the pre-order is going to go up, and this is going to take us all the way through June, you're going to be able to order Toxie from Toxic Crusaders, Voltron, and Ren and Stimpy. Darren, take us through your thoughts on this next phase in the Super 7 sort of life cycle of, of their classics product. Very, very exciting. I'm incredibly excited for, for Toxie and for the impossible you know, rest of the Toxic Crusaders, what that could mean, whether or not we might get the aborted Wave 2 from the vintage line back in the day that never saw the light of the day. Toxie looked phenomenal, I thought, at New York Toy Fair, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to, to seeing that, maybe seeing some packaging at some point as well. It just had such a nostalgic toy vibe to it that it's got me really excited. I'm also interested in, in the Voltron. I think the Voltron will be cool as well, but... You know, part of me just really wants to see what what they're going to do with turtles as well. I'm, I'm really, mm. really, really anxiously looking forward to that. But I'm very excited to see what might come, whether or not the the Thundercats license is going to come through. Brian Flynn spoke on on some other podcasts, including Roast Google Dinner, that that was looking a lot closer than what it has in the past. So hopefully that that one will come through, and hopefully we haven't seen the end of Master Universe Classics or or um, Club uh, Club Grayscale as well because you know their their lines that are near and dear to my heart as well. Mm-hmm. But it is great to sort of see that some of those lines that I collected after Masters of the Universe are going to get that same treatment, almost as if you know it's going to capture you know some of the really iconic brands of my childhood, like Turtles, like Toxic Crusaders, like those sort of things. So well, all in one consistent line. Can you yeah. imagine yeah. Masters, Turtles, Toxic Crusaders? Oh, I can. Yeah. I can. I've been obsessing it's about it incredible, ever since really. New York Toy Fair. Shira, I mean, Shira, Princess of Power was a separate toy line, if that's you think true. about it. Yeah. So that's in the style. And so was New Adventures. And it's all in the one in the style. It's quite yeah, incredible. Yeah. Quite an incredible achievement, really. And you've got people like the Four Horsemen to thank for that. I've heard from Brian that the packaging art for Toxic Crusaders is going to be very retro. I, I believe they might have even been in conversations yeah, or had dealings right. with yes. the original designer. I think he just lives fairly close to yeah, Brian. Yeah. So from memory I from the conversation. That. Yeah, so yeah, that's going to be awesome. Can you imagine seeing that bright, vibrant, almost <laughs> the hazard logos back? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to see him on shelves, but 
that, that sort of thing is so typical yeah, of the 90s. Great. Just that is. wonderful. Sticking with Mattel news, we've got some news that Mattel have partnered with Blumhouse Films or Bloomhouse. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse. I think. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Bloomhouse, best known for its uh, high quality slash low budget horror films, but also including uh, Get Out, uh, Happy Death Day, and Paranormal Activity, are bringing, wait for it, the Magic 8 Ball film. <laughs> To life. Well, I thought that got a film and it was called Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he shaking that? Wasn't Dr. Savannah shaking that magic eight ball at the start? I that's just, all. That's all you need, really. Uh, to me, this is this is uh, it's it's an interesting pairing having these two together. You know, someone who's known for for scary films, and we're talking about. Uh, a, a toy that you shake to get a different answer. I don't. I, I liken this to when the, the the Battleship movie was announced, and I just sort of went. Really, like, had you know, D nine, I sunk your battleship. Game over. Like, yeah. it's it's very very strange. But you know, good on them for exploring uh, different avenues. Uh, you know, trying to get their products on the on the big screen, which seems to be what it's all about these days. Look, Mattel is looking is working with writer Jeff Wadlow, who's also known for his uh, treatment on Kickass two, and also gave a treatment uh, to the original Masters film from eighty seven. Uh, working with Gillian Jacobs and Chris Roach in order to bring this to the big screen. This marks the sixth uh, project that Mattel is working on for a film adaption, including Barbie, Hot Wheels, of course, Master of the Universe, and Viewmaster. Viewmaster. Really? That's yep. a thing? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Um, just just com- confirming, Jeff Wadlow actually worked on the... The new master script. Oh, sorry. So he's taken a, the other one. one okay. the, I guess what we're going to see from Sony has had his influence uh, in the writing it was process. One of the so, yeah, they had they yeah. changed few writers few times. Oh, there, <laughs> there were heaps of them, but yeah, that, that, so he's obviously uh, connected to Mattel uh, from that. But it just it's so weird. Like even How the you... Stretch Armstrong film that was sort of bandied about. Yeah. I think they were. Who were they going to have on that? Was it the guy from Twilight? Not not the not Batman, but mm. the other guy. Was he meant to be uh, in that? Um, I don't I can't Taylor Lautner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the look, I mean, Stretch Armstrong has a lot more meat to it than Magic Eight. It's got Apple, a lot more give. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's got a lot more stretch. It's got a lot more he's packing. He's packing more. <laughs> Magic Eight Ball, tell me, will I go and see this film or not? <laughs> Highly doubtful. <laughs> How far can they stretch the budget on that film? We'll but, find out. But, I mean, and this is fascinating. And that's Bloomhouse is known for being yeah. low budget, but high quality. I mean, mm. Get Out, I think it was nominated for an Oscar. So yes, yeah. this is, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't find the film that amazing personally, but if you talk about these things, they have, when they go bonkers, they mm. go nuts and they make so and that's much because, money. And that's because it's a, it's a low budget yeah. thing. They're only spending, let's say, I'm going to pick a number, say $5 million. Yeah. But if they're making, you know, 10 50 times that yep. then it's a win right? exactly so I think this is just Mattel having another crack mm. because they really if the, if the thing fails it's no skin off their nose yeah. it's promotion of their product yeah. I mean they're going to sell more Magic 8-Balls for the fact this film's going to be out that there that was going to be my question do they still sell Magic 8-Balls I, I mean, suspect so when's maybe the they don't time? when's the last time this maybe is... they don't <laughs> maybe Magic 8-Balls are back this is the relaunch <laughs> maybe it is the relaunch I mean this is <laughs> Seems to be the way things are done these days. Surely these days you got to ramp it up. Is it the Magic sixty four ball? Like you know, <laughs> yeah, you got to keep ramping it. Needs up. more than eight sides. <laughs> and is it still going to be that purple die? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't crack it open. All right. Well, we did have this was interesting because I got this thing pop up 
on my Instagram. It's mm. a guy I follow called Toy Shiz. Yes, not, not to one. be confused yep. with Toy Biz, but Toy Shiz. I do love Toy Shiz, so shout out to him on Instagram. A lot of great news, obviously on Marvel Legends, but everything else yeah. really, to be quite honest. And it said there, um, gave the dates. I think it was almost the similar date to when the licensing expo Las Vegas was. I think it was actually the fifth of June, mm. which was. Happy birthday to Darren for the 6th of June, which was the same time. But we <laughs> Thank thought, you very much. <laughs> we thought we were going to get some big... Well, and, and look, you be the judge. Mattel were going to give us some big San Diego Comic-Con exclusive reveals. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Felt like, right? Mm. So I said, oh, can't wait for the reveal. What's going to be the reveal? And I can tell you what the reveal is. The reveal is this guy. Step into a Slim Jim. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It is. It's the Slim Jim. It's the. Um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but it, I mean, look, and and obviously, there was a lot of promotion in the WWF. So, and that obviously, what you heard there was mm. Macho Man Randy Savage selling his Slim Jims, which essentially, for those of you who don't know, maybe outside of the US, are meat sticks. So maybe what we'd call twiggies, that yep. kind of thing, yep. like a a stick of meat. Um, very famous for promoting Slim Jims. So now we're getting the action feature. In, it's almost in that WWF elite line. So that mm. in that highly seven-inch, highly articulated right, style. Okay. He's got the removable jacket. Yep. Um, he's dressed up like, like so Macho Man. So it's a single, single figure? Single figure. Okay. But he essentially comes with two packets of Slim Jims that you can put in <laughs> either hand. Now, look, and, and for we've got a lot of wrestling fans. I know it does tens of big wrestling fans. Sean Fuster, who's been on. Mm. Big wrestling fans, but the fact that this was really the only reveal, I didn't notice there was a Mario Kart Rainbow Road exclusive diecast vehicle as well okay. that went up. Hmm. But really, this is a far cry from the days of Maddie Collector when the exclusives were plentiful. You know, you had DC exclusives, you had Masters exclusives, Sheer exclusives, all sorts of wonderful Voltron, stuff. Vol Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. It was all there. And then, you know, cars. Yep. The, the, you know, so the, it was Batman to get its own exclusive in addition to the DC exclusive. So so really, this is not terribly exciting. Not, not to downplay uh, those people who love wrestling mm. and love, yeah. you know, Slim Jim commercials. But it is a bit of a, a letdown in terms of the overall offerings from Mattel. Do we think that they're saving some stuff for actual San Diego, which of no. course is around the corner? Or they're not coming to San Diego? Oh, they'll be at San Diego, yeah. but I don't think they're going to have a lot of exclusives, to be okay. honest. Hmm. So, yeah, just a uh, little, bit, little bit disappointing. Hmm. Something that's not disappointing, though, Frank. What's that? Is Masterpiece. Takara never lets us down, do they? But before we get into that, we <laughs> I was probably... say you skipped ahead there. I did. I did miss. Uh, did miss this. <laughs> So Warner Brothers have shown the new poster for the Wonder Woman '84 film with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in the the new suit, the new armor, and the promotional poster looks sensational for those that have seen it. Absolutely stunning, really, really giving an, a powerful armored image that's really getting me. Thinking, you know, about the film and and you know, believing unwholesome thoughts. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say um, I yes, was. It was making me was. making me wish that it was coming out this year, not next year. <laughs> I actually I saw this image. This was the night 
I was waiting on that big toy shiz reveal, right? Yeah. So here are going to be all the exclusives. I had exclusives on the brain and I woke up at two in the morning and I'm mm. like, oh, I can't sleep. Might as well check my phone. Yep. And this Wonder Woman poster popped up from toy shiz. I think toy shiz yeah, had yeah. it. And I, was, I had toys on the brain mm. and I'm like, wow. Mattel are almost doing like a hot toy. This looks so good. <laughs> this looks really like it, Gal Gadot. Yeah, it took me a while to actually realise, no, that is actually Gal Gadot. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. And Mattel wouldn't a... be doing it anyway because it's next year's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they won't have the licence next it, year. It was a sleep-deprived yeah, brain that yeah, was yeah, making, no, these, making yeah. these decisions. It, it, but, uh, it looked very Guardians of the Galaxy to me. Did, like the, the yeah. bright colours and just eye-catching so you know if someone said oh james gunn is doing this movie yep. i would not have been surprised. you wouldn't bat an eyelid yeah. would you with the color palette the interesting thing as well to come out of this was um patty jenkins who is the director who was the director of the first wonder woman who's directing the sequel said we're going to miss you because i don't think they're having any presence they're not having any presence at the con. San Diego Comic con yeah no, but oh, warner brothers no, warner brothers at all from the sounds of wow. it yeah. yeah i think marvel okay. did that last year yeah yep. yeah so yeah they're not going to and apparently the promotional kickoff for Wonder Woman 84 will be around December this year. Correct, yeah. Uh, for when a it, when June film- 5th release yeah, next ask, year. Yeah, yeah. yeah 2020. Right, eh? Uh, just, just in time for my birthday. <laughs> it's all about your birthday. I'm sensing it, a theme it, it, here, It Jay. is. That might be... <laughs> You know, that might be what we do next year, gentlemen. We might <laughs> Go to the movies. see Wonder Woman 84. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Fair I'll enough. I'll take that. <laughs> Speaking of things... Uh, that are very old. One of the oldest Transformers going around is Hound. <laughs> this is, uh, we've had some masterpiece reveals happen for MP47, our good friend Hound, the green Jeep, for those who don't know. Uh, there's a little bit of controversy with this. It looks gorgeous, right? It's a Takara product. It, it, it's show accurate. But the controversy has been around the price. And for those oh, who yeah. know their masterpiece, this is around this. It's that sort of uh, smaller car scale. You think of your, your side swipes and sun streakers mm. and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, so he's about that size and coming in at, I think, about $220 Australian. Yep. When I think back in the day, you could get your, your side swipes and those for $150-ish. Oh, around that yeah, moment. I reckon even under. Un- less yeah. than that, yeah. Um, it's, now, to be fair, he does come with an amazing array of uh, accessories. He's got a, a soft top cover. He's got the spare tire. He's got multiple faces, multiple goals. He's got these uh, shoulder mounted rocket launcher he's got a hologram projection beam that sort of attaches to his chest which he was very famous for on the show uh comes with a spike and even a a hologram version of spike classed in sort of translucent blue plastic to sort of mirror that thing Uh, is it worth the money i guess it depends on how much you love the character he's been long requested for by a long time so i i think that in itself will make it profitable. Look, I can understand why it's taken them so long because there's no real recolors or reuses for Hound. He's a very, very unique mold in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's a, he, d- he did look really good, but I just feel Masterpiece in general are reaching that point where they're pricing pricing a lot of people out of it, to be honest. Do you think it's that or do you just think you're ageist against old people? <laughs> is he the oldest one? He, he behaves like an old man. I, want, cup. I want my cup figure. Well, that's, that's, he's the oldest, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we do have some more news coming out of the animation sphere with Jurassic World getting an animated series through Netflix titled Camp Cretaceous. And it will be done by the Shearer Animation Studio, DreamWorks Animation. Mm. So very interesting. We get 
I think it lines up, if I'm reading this correctly, with the first film where basically Jurassic World mm. turns from theme park into chaotic dinosaur feasting grounds. Isn't that like all of them? Pretty much, but <laughs> all those, all the it's movies? with the general public involved <laughs> okay, right. rather than just some scientists. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get a camp of teenagers that are stuck on the wrong side of the island and they're trying to visit a new adventure camp. And basically, they have to try and fight for survival. So, yeah, six, six teens go from strangers to friends to survive. And we've got Scott Kramer from Pinky Belinky and Lane Luras from Kung Fu Panda, the paws of destiny that will serve as showrunners. And we do get Steven Spielberg, along with Frank Marshall and director Colin Trevorrow, all to set up as executive producers on the series. So very, very interesting, interesting. Yeah. to see what happens there. Some very exciting news that you may have seen from Korean toy manufacturer 5 Pro Studios. They've teased us for a little while on a new line of action figures based on the original Inspector Gadget cartoon series produced by Dick and voiced marvellously by the late Don Adams, a.k.a. Maxwell Smart. So we got some more um, promo pics this time. A picture of Inspector Gadget holding out his inspector's badge whilst two metallic hands, both with the... The gloved, the gloved brown yep, hands yep. popping out of his head. One was the gadget phone, and I can't remember what the other one had, but it, it's a. Okay. I've got the original Tiger Toys Inspector Gadget in front of me today, mm. who unfortunately didn't have a, a feature that cool. <laughs> this one is looking so brilliant, Very so cartoon beautiful. accurate. Oh, it is. It's mm. it's just like he's jumped off the screen. Nice. We are also we had confirmation that it is a series one. We're getting a Brain and Penny two-pack as well as a Chief Quimby who never got a line in the original 90s Tiger toy line. So very, very happy and can't Mm. wait. Um, Five Pro Studio, being Korean, doesn't do a lot of marketing. They don't have a big online presence. They don't necessarily have a lot of followers on the Instagram and Facebook pages. So the news is... Very, very sparse when it comes out. And you're just getting these images saying, coming soon, coming soon. So hopefully this toy line is not far away. Mm, So no dates on that? No dates, no. But I I get the feeling it's it's almost imminent. Mm. Uh, So, and, And I suspect what we're seeing are final production yeah, samples now. Go. Yeah, pretty much ready to go. Cool. Eagle Moss is doing their, you know, buy one issue of something and put something together over a very long period does, of time. Does this business model still work? I don't, I like, don't know. I, I thought this died out in the, the sort of late 90s, but anyway. I Well, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a painstaking way to build your Ecto-1 if you are that way inclined so yeah anyway they have they are celebrating 35 years of ghostbusters with a ecto-1 interestingly i would have loved to know how like the um millennium falcon did for example Mm, i know they did one of one of them it's not my cup of tea i do like eagle moss i have gone into their comics when they've done the comics and some of that sort of stuff because it's you know, you don't need every comic for the comics to That's work. Right. Whereas if you miss one issue of your Ecto-1, you ain't building your Ecto-1. Yeah, it's an Ecto-0.8, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so interesting. But if you are a Ghostbusters fan and this is how you'd like to celebrate, mm, jump cool. in because usually the, it is of a it's very quality nice quality. Product, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it is. And 
You definitely pay for it. Oh, Just yes. read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, moving along to Swamp Thing. We had some sad news during the week that after oh. the release of one episode, DC has cancelled Swamp Thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's gone into the swamps of Louisiana. Poor poor Does 10. He oh. was so excited. Does 10, one of our Patreons, and he was the day it released, he had a great picture of himself with some of the old... Uh, Kenner toys and and like a Swamp Thing mask. He was sitting there, you know, happy Swamp Thing day yep. on, on the day of debut. And then when this news broke, he's he's posted the same picture, <laughs> but with just drawn sort of tears going down his face and, and Swamp uh, Thing's face as well. Yeah, the mask had tears. I didn't as see well. that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's really sad. And I'm pretty sad about it. It's look. I mean, you got to take what you can get, right? Mm. So I'm hoping these ten episodes are good. You know. By the sounds of it, does ten said you know it's a good show. It mm. was you know interesting. It had a good horror vibe, which is what it should have. Yeah, being a Vertigo title, you know, sad that potentially it doesn't, it won't end. It could ever be like the Firefly. You know, maybe they'll do a movie down the track to round it mm. off. Or by the sounds of it, they probably won't. Um, but hopefully, at least there's a bit of an ending to it. They're gonna. They've confirmed that they're gonna show. Yeah, episodes. well, that was going to be my question. Yeah. But yeah, at this point, they're already done and, and edited more or less just as far as ready to go. Pretty so. much. We did, we're trying to get to the bottom of this. I sort of put the question out, what, why? Mm. And, you know, maybe I, I heard some rumours that maybe it wasn't the direction Warner wants to go in, which doesn't surprise me if that's the case because yeah. Warner seems to be pretty clueless about direction <laughs> and more broadly. There was talk as well of tax incentives. Yep. And yeah, I was doing a bit of research on it, the way the state of Louisiana were sort of kicking in some, some get or getting some tax credits, the studios were getting some tax credits. And it sounded like the way they structured it was they did the pilot almost under a separate deal. Mm. So they got not only the, the credits for the pilot, but then for the rest of the episodes, yeah. they got the maximum credits again. Okay. So there was some talk as to whether all the credits had come through. There was maybe some debate that maybe it hadn't or yeah. it wasn't going to be as significant for season two. And maybe that's the case. But basically, I think there was a spokesman on behalf of the governor's office that came out and said, no, no, you know, all the tax credits were, were, were claimed. It wasn't something that was contributing to the, basically the downfall. Don't know. Yeah. But a few things sort of circulating around. Well, there was a thing even before the show came close to premiering that it was supposed to be 13 exactly. episodes and then yep. got cut to 10. And that sort of had people just going, hmm, a little bit nervous about the, the lifespan of this sort of show. Yeah. Look, I just wanted to speak to a, a bit beyond that as well. Part of what's come out just in the last sort of 24 to 48 hours is news that uh, Warner Media, which is kind of what they've retitled, rebranded themselves, uh, are set to debut their own streaming service in quarter one of 2020. And this has all come on the back of the, the acquisition when AT&T bought basically Time Warner back in June of 2018. Uh, the And they're re basically reevaluating their entire streaming or, or sort of, you know, television-facing product. Um Look, the other part of that is the the DC Universe streaming app is now quote unquote being reevaluated yep. to roll everything into to to one product. This also goes on the back of some articles that have come out and said, look, they aren't too happy with the uptake on the subscribers on the DC app, uh, which sort of points to that the whole thing is going to get rebranded. The the interesting part is is that on as part of the AT&T buying Time Warner is you, now in this subscription, you roll in Cinemax and you roll in HBO because it's all owned by this one super company. 
And so this app they're talking about is supposed to debut at about $16 US for a monthly subscription, which is actually quite high when you can get Netflix for 8 or $9 US, I believe. So it's going to be interesting. And look, as far as relating that back to a good friend Swamp thing, I think it was a bit of a case of unfortunate timing. The, uh, the acquisition took place when the show had obviously already been greenlit. Mm. They're making it. And it's come out at a time when these decisions that would have filtered from the top down and they're just going, yeah, this is this production seemed a little bit in trouble with the cutting of episodes and as for whose decision that is, we'll never know. But the, the new bosses have sort of said, look, we're rolling everything back. We're going to put it all in one big app and Swamp Thing, unfortunately, has been the first sort of victim of that, I guess. Tragedy that it couldn't tr- transfer over to the new app, you know, for season two. Well, yeah, I, I I question how, given how long it took them to get the DC app off the ground, I'm not sure. And as I said, these, this new app isn't to take place until the first quarter of next year. Yeah. So uh, at that point, they was any pro, any shows that were not solid hits and didn't have the numbers behind them were probably going to be on the chopping block anyway. That's so, probably true. Yeah. Just really sad. I mean... How can you develop a following after one episode? Well, exactly right. Are you, and this is to your point, Trent, about the the lack of direction coming out of, of DC or Warner's in general. Rather, you just sort of sit there and go, "How are you supposed to?" You know that they have concerns about the subscribers to the app. Fair enough. How so? So naturally, the answer to that is culling the content on this channel. Mm. That's not going to inspire people's no. confidence to sign up. Not at all. No. Yeah. No, definitely not. Very, very sad stuff. Moving on, we have um, some unexpected news in Australia. Oh, oh can we play the song? Can yeah, we? Yeah, let's you do it. You certainly can. <laughs> that was a very abridged version. Oh, I just wanted know. that Jeffrey going, gee whiz. <laughs> hey, kids, we're back. Well, you got that. <laughs> So, Toys R Us is returning to Australia f- from the ashes. So you have to Well, returning is in Asterix. quotation marks, <laughs> yeah, right? Very much in quotation marks. So, when we say returning, we don't mean the old Toys R Us. Basically, the license has been sold from the parent company in the US. And, uh, the license to the name, do you mean? Yep. So yeah, pretty much the names it's... and the intellectual property. So oh, okay. Jeffrey Giraffe, all that sort of right, stuff right. Um, that goes along with the names. Basically from the parent company, which is Toys R Us Kids or True Kids. And they're letting Hobby Warehouse, the Australian company, use the brand under license. They've announced Toys R Us and Babies R Us. A new on- online store will open from June 12th, Australian time, for customers in Australia and New Zealand, and new stores will open later this year. However, it's been revealed that the toy giant will be moving away from the the iconic large format warehouse-style stores that we've come to know and expect. At Toys R Us, will instead open smaller, smaller and fewer physical experience centres that allow children and their families and friends to play with the toys. Interesting. The, the shock return... And, and I say shock return in inverted commas because I've, I've been hearing for a long time that this is yeah. on, on the ball, that they were coming back to us. Well, in some the brand was coming yeah, back to yeah. Australia rather than the players. So the shock return comes after the toy giant exited last June. 700 people lost their jobs when Toys R Us closed all stores of July last year. Of the new online store Toys R Us say a select range of toys will be available on our site which you can buy from day one June 12th we plan to have the widest range of toys available in Australia later this year 
you know, we'll add a range of payment options in the coming weeks. So wait, June 12th, so like... Yeah, a week away. Yep. Far out. Yep. That is quick. We're going to have a new... Just broke. We're going to have a new store. And so what Darren basically said was the lo- the, the stock when it opens right. will be pretty limited. Yeah, yeah. And they're aiming to ramp it up for Christmas, right? So they want to... By sense. Christmas time, they want to have the biggest range. You go on the website or you go into one of their smaller stores if yeah. you can find one and you'll have the best range or best access to toys. Don't know about price. So really this mm, is this mm. isn't in my mind this isn't so much Toys R Us returns. This is really hobby warehouse expands under a new yep. you know using that using name. using a name, right? Mm. So you're not gonna, you don't have the buying power, the global weight of a big Toys R Us back in the market, yep. right? So it doesn't do much for the toy industry as a whole. We're not going to see the the buying power give it give us essentially exclusives. This, mm. this Toys R Us is not going to keep manufacturers producing certain lines of toys. Yeah, that's right. It's not, re- in my view, it's basically, you know, new Australian online retailer shows up that has a few stores and, yeah, they happen to be licensing a name because they, they use a name some that to place them in a People recognize, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, yeah, I think it's it's misleading to say it's Toys R Us returns, really. Oh, when I agree. Break down. That's how the headlines are going to spin it, though. Sure, that's, sure. That's how yeah. they have spun it already mm-hmm. yeah. ahead of time. But yeah, it is it is misleading. As long as on their online store, when I want to go on and buy a Marvel Legends, yeah. I can pick the damn Legends figure oh. I want. I'm not even Not sure this random, that. just, oh, you get a random assortment, assortment picked by one of our Quotey Fingers experts. Oh, it's like, ridiculous. Really? I like, noticed that again on the on. Big W sale. Yeah. Yeah. Not, only, not only did Big W were they selling Wave 1 of Star Wars Black Series Archive yeah. but they put up the picture for Wave 2 uh, so everyone was getting excited and then they go product description Luke Skywalker Boba Fett Darth uh, Maul it's lame, a, uh, lame, not, lame, lame sorry not Darth Maul um, so and yeah and by the way you can't get anyone you just get you what just you get given. a random I mean pick. That's for so a $40 done. item yep who is going to want the random... The lucky dip. Yeah. For $40. That. That's for $10, this. maybe. Yeah. For $10, I'm buying Johnny a And that's a why present. they blind yeah. bags work for sure. that kind of concept. That's essentially what you're doing. You're playing blind bag with a $40 figure. So Ridiculous. you go on, you buy four, and you get four Twin <laughs> Loops or something. You know, like yeah. It's, it's, nah. it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. It, it's a problem we have in Australia because... Target, Kmart, Maya, they're all guilty of it. We talk about Big Debbie and Toys R Us as examples, but they're all, all guilty of it. It's just something that, that, you know, for whatever reason, online retail and action figure collectors in this country, they just haven't, they're just not in sync. No. Yeah. And I guess that was what, you know, one of the things that made the, the um, to not want to spend too much time getting political, but made the, the um, GST on imported goods thing that all that, much more because no one in Australia takes that that product seriously anyway. Mm. But they're expecting us to, you know, level the playing field by effectively paying a um, a surcharge on the fact that they won't sell them to us in a in a meaningful way. That's it. Very good. We'll end our latest news and jump into our next segment. Reading, watching, playing. Man, your voice sounds so much better than my voice on that. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd forgotten Frank had done that intro, so I whipped one up today. Have you heard that? Have you heard my version? No, no. Is it there? Uh, did you save it in the folder? Yeah, the, the reading, watching, playing. Fo- uh, oh, here we go. Oh, just, right. let's listen. Okay, so this is- just remember how good Frank's voice sounded there with the echo and the booming. Now, now, get a load of this version. 
Reading, watching, playing. <laughs> that's that's a, that's the knockoff version. Uh, it is, isn't it? The sheet, the bootleg. <laughs> oh, so that that is going into the bin. Let's hope we never hear that one again. It is reading, watching, playing. This is the segment where we just chat about what we've been up to in the pop culture spheres around comic books or maybe novels. Mm. Movies, TV shows, and video games, everything. And I'll start us off this week. This is, for me in TV, it's the post-Game of Thrones era. Yes, exactly. What do I do with my time? And I have followed one of our friends from Game of Thrones over to another series, mm-hmm. and that is Aidan Gillian, who plays Littlefinger on Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. who is now the, the lead actor in a series called Project Blue Book. Hmm. And this one... Yeah, if you're in Australia, it's showing up on the SBS On Demand um, website or, or app that yep. you can get. Um, and it is all about the alien conspiracy sort of post-Roswell ah, in, the, in cool. the sort of 1940s and 1950s in that sort of Cold War era. Mm. And it's, it's very interesting, apparently based on a lot of the redacted uh, or unredacted documentation that has come out. Now that uh, it's reached its age limit, yep. um, so it is you know a fascinating insight. I've always been a bit of these closet UFO fanatics, <laughs> and, and do love anything like that. Like um, what was it Taken that Steven Spielberg did in the early two thousands or late nineties? Yeah, 90s. that's right. So always love that stuff. So really enjoying that. Almost at the end of that series. So you know, if you're interested in UFOs, check out Project Blue Book. I have just wrapped as well on a novel, which is book five in Gene Wolfe's, uh, I guess, master series about the new sun, and it is Earth of the New Sun. Now, for those of you who sort of follow the Gene Wolfe, he did four books that are in the sort of the new sun space, mm. and they get a lot of recognition as some of his finest works. Uh, Gene Wolfe is often recognized not only as one of the best science fiction authors, but one of the best authors of all time. And a lot of people say you don't really need to read book five. You can sort of read one to four and book five is a separate thing and, mm. and don't worry about it. And I sort of took that advice and didn't didn't really bother with it. And I got back into Gene Wolfe and I thought, you know what, I'll pick up book five and I'll, I'll yeah, see how it goes. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and it was it was brilliant. I loved it. It it almost it ties in so nicely to the other four stories mm. and some people say it's almost a summary of the stories uh, okay. um, in a way because of Previously the complexity on. <laughs> in a way in a in a in a way that's not as offensive as some of those shows <laughs> that put in all the the clips to make up something because i you can read gene wolf on so many different levels yeah. it's that insightful it is that cryptic and this one actually made it make sense so cool. it was it was very enjoyable um, and i'm currently listening to hyperion another science fiction work by Dan Simmons, and I'm doing that on audiobook. So I've got my Audible subscription, so I am listening to a few works uh, in so the audiobook file. does that count as reading or, I don't know. or it's listening? listening no, it's not yeah. reading, listening, and playing. No. Well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and in terms of playing, I have been doing some playing, and that is mainly Lego Worlds or Lego Worlds, which is a PlayStation 4 game. Essentially, it's... Uh, oh, yes, I'm getting confused with Lego Dimensions. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. so this is your uh, Lego minifigure, essentially, that flies a spaceship, and you collect golden bricks, and you can fly to different worlds. And essentially what it is, it's a free build system, really, mm-hmm. at, at the crux. So, yeah, you go to all these worlds, and you solve little missions, but what it teaches you is how to build... Your own thing? Your own world. and then Don't follow the instructions? Don't follow the instructions, what? yeah. But you can. So you can mm. actually... 
by the end of it, you get a sandbox mode and you can fly to different planets. And you can essentially go, I'm going to build a castle and you have castle elements. So you can you can build it brick by brick, yeah. right, from that level. Or you can go, I'm going to put up a massive tower that's already pre-built and I'm going to build walls of that tower and join mm. it all together. It is very, very clever. A bit finicky to use the, the controllers to say, do some of that building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, bit tricky, but a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun together in two-player mode. So and, you and Callum? Yeah, me and Callum. Yeah, and nice. and I, I bought a few DLCs. One was space, but it's retro space. Oh, so it's so all good. that 1980s blue Benny that. stuff. Now yeah. I have to get it. So God. cool. Um, <laughs> and the other one was monsters. So yeah, um, really, really, I mean, the attention to detail in this game is, is insane. I don't think it got the best reviews. And I can see there's some clunky elements to it. Mm. But really, when you think about basically all the pieces are there, all the designs are absolutely amazing. It is just... And it's stunningly rendered. Like, it's a mm. beautiful game. It opens up with a shot. And I reckon it... I mean, it looks like a photograph of, of a city kind of built of Lego. Um, but when you're in the game, the, the, the nodules on the pieces of Lego have the Lego oh, written. And when they shine, yeah, it's printed yeah, on there. Nice. Like, it's, it's, it looks pretty real, you know, some Excellent. of it. So, very, very fun. On the Lego topic, I've been re-watching Lego Masters or Lego Masters for our Victorian <laughs> um, counterparts and really, really enjoying The geek it. dudes will pick you up on yeah, that. Yeah, they will. So I've tried You'll to... You'll start another trade war with yeah. Victoria. Yeah. Come on. We've... We're going to build a war and we're going to make the Victorians <laughs> pay for it. We've... What, what is it? They'll be coming over here for all the Farmers Union iced coffee. So, <laughs> what have they got over there? And, I mean, and our so, quilts, you yeah. know, not this Duna rubbish. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been re-watching re that. Really enjoying it. Really looking at it with, with different eyes. Second time round, I guess, you know, wanting to really focus on, on the, you know, the different teams and, mm. and getting to know them. I won't say too much more about that as to why, but just just really, really enjoying it and, and really enjoying the builds. And you know, second time around, you sort of you, you sort of really appreciate even more some some of those builds. And and you pause stuff and you you look at it and, mm -hmm. and you, you know you just mind blown at the the talent that that's come out of a show like that. For for people that are not in Australia, Lego Masters is a production that was for the nine network it's a reality show that did the really the unthinkable it got darren to like a reality show which <laughs> i never thought was remotely possible i you know with a passion hated the genre since it's really since it's existed but somehow i guess you make one about toys and all the rules go and conventional the wisdoms go right <laughs> out the window well you know there was actually there's a british version mm. i think where it comes Correct. from yeah. I, I've, I haven't started watching that but i have been able to uh, find a copy of that. I'm very curious to see how that you know compares mm. to. Uh, uh, Hamish was pretty damn charming for someone who's yeah. been doing the same shtick for a long time. Um, but yeah, great. Show. It really suited him. I yeah, think. Oh, he that, did well. That show, he was the perfect host for it. And and obviously you've got Brickman and mm. and and you know there's it's a really talented, well put together. I love production. the evolution of Brickman. The very first time he sent someone home, oh, he was in tears. He was in tears. Yeah. And then uh, as he just got. Like more tough as the show went on, you go, nah, you did a crap build, you're out, sort of thing. Like it was amazing. A lot of those reality shows, one of the things I don't like is that there's a almost a name and shame element of, yeah. you know, be gone, you know, you're this, that, or the other, and they almost vilify people. This I think was was very respectful of of their journey on Lego Masters, even when it did come to an end, and 
personally I respond to that more as well rather than that that you know let's let's dump a truck of crap on on the foot of the poor poor person or in this case the poor team that's eliminated tonight. Mm. So that's what you've been watching. That's what I've been watching. I've just been spending a lot of time. I'm, I mean, it is a thirteen and a half hour show, the whole series, and I've just just finished watching the series again for the second time last night. So so it is a bit of a journey, but really enjoyed it. Cool. All right. Uh, so for myself, I have been doing reading of a different sort. I've been reading code. Ooh. I have decided to... Look, wow. when it comes to IT, which is where I work, there's basically two major streams within it. There's the networking side and there's the programming or coding side. I worked out very early on. I just went, coding? Nope. That seems like too much maths and, and stuff for me. I went down the networking stream. However, now I'm at a point where, you know what, they're making coding so much more accessible and easy to even to young kids and I'm seeing it through the school I work at. So I went, you know what, I'm going to make an app. I'm going to make an app that eventually, and it's, it's going to take a while, but that I can publish and it serves a purpose. What that app is, I'm not prepared to talk about just yet. Ooh, I like it. Um, I wow. want to get uh, a little bit of feedback from some other people. I've been doing early sort of sketches and you know menu designs and all sorts of fun stuff. But that has been my reading for the week. Um, mm. Because, yeah, there's a, a lot to learn. It is literally learning another language. Yep. So, But it does sound from, from what you've just said, this is very much a watch this space kind of very much thing. so yeah i don't want i don't want to give away anything to yet because then i'm like super committed to it so yeah, understood, <laughs> but, but you've got my attention put it that way i'm intrigued <laughs> so yes that's what i've been reading look when it comes to watching as, as trent pointed out a post game of thrones world you can get back to all those shows that you've sort of got halfway through uh umbrella academy i finally finished that and oh, why did i ever stop watching it like really really cool i'm so pumped for season two whenever that lands yep uh, along the same lines Black Mirror that was another one that for whatever reason just dropped off and then I watched I think we watched two episodes in a night and I'm like uh, time wise I said we could go a third but I just need I need yeah, time emotionally, to process emotionally I'm not ready go. for it yeah. yeah so that was that's been pretty I looked at the back catalogue last night because mm. season five has now Correct. dropped and it's season five is only three episodes i yeah. know we we're talking about weird seasons on netflix that's very but it was very attainable because i thought yeah. i've missed four seasons yeah but and they don't really follow on you can watch no, them they're individual out of sequence, vignettes right? basically yeah, yeah. So, and, and be, uh, the, the three season thing comes back to it being a british production yep and that's kind of how they do their their seasons their seasons are very much shorter on quantity but really high quality usually yes. speaking uh, so yeah, so I'm only but when I just finished sort of season two on that, and there's some some more to to go. No one does creepy sci-fi like the Poms. Uh, look, when it comes to playing, I'm still back in. Well, not, not back. I'm still on the Mortal Kombat train, particularly because they just announced, and I think we spoke to it a little bit in uh, last week's show. They've announced the uh, DLC, uh, which come out during the week. Basically saying you're going to get Shang Tsung, you're going to get Nightwolf, Sindel, and the long-awaited Spawn oh, in a yes. Mortal Kombat game, which people have been crying out for ages. Todd McFarlane, you know, denied it and all this sort of stuff, and then boom, here he is. So still also, it is a really interesting trailer. they got um, Kerry... To, who's the guy who voiced... Yeah, I was going to say, it Shang Tsung looks yep. just like the actor out of Mortal Kombat yeah, 1, it's right? Kerry Taki... To, to I'm going to butcher the yeah. last name, but it is him. They got him back to do the voice and everything. Yeah, wow. Because um, he does that bit where he kind of looks down at the camera and goes, your soul is mine. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I'm like, whoa, that yeah. is cool. And it's, it's interesting when, when he sort of intros into a level, he starts as the old Shang Tsung yep. and then morphs into that real, you know, 1992 yeah. or whatever it was look of him. So it's really, really cool. 
But the the announcement trailer also ends with a chainsaw sound and a splatter of blood saying two more guests coming soon. Leatherface? Well, see, Leatherface was in the last oh, Mortal okay. Kombat game. Yep. So the popular theory is Ash from the Evil Dead. Oh, nice. So that'll be interesting. Um, is it Bruce Campbell? Yeah, Bruce yeah. Campbell, yeah. He's been sort of being hounded by all these Mortal Kombat people and basically gone as far to say, no, 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 I'll never be in this game. But when that announcement trailer dropped, he goes, oh, this game seems <laughs> interesting. I might have to pick it up. You're like, oh, okay, jigs up. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, so very interesting. So that's got me back into playing that. Very good. All right, some great stuff. Yeah, I did notice I know EB Games had a sale on today and I took Callum in. We got a Marvel Avengers game out of Lego, another, oh, yeah. another Lego yep. game, which we put on a bit today. Um, but they did have... Mortal Kombat 11 on sale. I think I'm going to wait for the Ultimate wait Edition for to come it. Yeah, out. Yeah, there's now, going to be almost six months worth of yeah. DLC, and then you'll pick the whole lot up for well under what it's going for at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how I'll pick it up too. Nice. Can't wait for that, and can't wait for the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm hugely excited. <laughs> if we didn't mention it before, which I know we did, it's being filmed right here in our hometown of Adelaide. So. I'm, I'm hoping to see Frank as an extra <laughs> Me in the too. background. You never, know. <laughs> you never know who you might see. <laughs> Wonderful. On that note, we will wrap this episode of Toy Power. Uh, very sorry, Ben, that you missed this one, but we will have Ben back for He'll our next back. episode, so don't you worry there. Um, and a, a huge thank you to our latest Patreon, Linny Bird. I know that's does Ten's partner. Yep. He got her in, and I remember when we dropped our Swamp Thing episode. It came out at about one thirty in the morning <laughs> over there, and does Ten made it made her listen to it as she was trying to get to sleep. So that is that you committed is, the money now. You got to listen. Wonderful, and we had Al as well. Yes, Al join us as well. So thank you very much again for your support, Al. Um, and yeah, thanks to all our patrons. We had a lot of chatter this week as mm. well. Trenton dropped the uh, the big, you know, question last night. I think it was here about certain aspects of collecting, oh, yes. um, hoarding grail <laughs> items and that. And he said, just said discuss. And I looked at my phone after I got home, and there were like thirty one unread messages. Yep. So I had a particularly busy day at work that day, and I could just feel the phone going. Zzz, zzz, and yep. I was like, oh, what? Forty five unread <laughs> messages. Yeah. I almost didn't go back through it because it was yeah. so such a crazy conversation. Yes, no, it was very good. And thank you to all our listeners as well for tuning into another episode of Toy Power. We appreciate your support. And as Frank says in the outro, if you get that far, do leave us a review. We'd love to have your reviews. I, I keep going in there and checking if we've got another review, and we mm. haven't had one for a while. It's been a little while. So if you do want to write one we will read it out on the show so there's a bit of incentive we to, would definitely to appreciate a review and we we are open to any star rating if you do want to give us like <laughs> dave's video graveyard did receive i think a very low one star rating <laughs> and and it's like you know they they love it you know typical dave style he just uh he just, just uh, pl- feeds, feeds off, off, it, of, feeds it, off exactly. of that sort of thing <laughs> absolutely so. speaking of our good friend um davey i just wanted to give a Brief mention that our good friend Sean Fister is guesting yes. on Davey's video yeah, graveyard right. episode on Monday, the public holiday in Australia yes. on Wow FM. Our highly recommended, both legends in their own right, but you get those two minds together, and I think it'll make for a, a cherry ripe show. It'll be great. It does. If you are here in South Australia, it does air at I think at eight pm on the Monday night. So you can adjust that and you can stream it as well on Wow FM. There's an app. So if you can't tune in, I always found Wow FM a little bit hard to find on my radio dial. So you can download the app Wow FM and you can just stream it. So yeah, it is, well, it is stream well worth it on my phone. Often on the way home from work, if I do the yeah. Monday afternoon shift, I get out at work just in time to hear Davey's show on the way home. 
I have got to start preparing for our episode. Can't wait <laughs> to watch some classic 90s films. And on that note, we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizeteamup.com, where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.